Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 157 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, we are going to be talking today about the Bucks beating the Kings. Um, what was it? 133 to 127, if I remember right. We pull it up. Yes, that is indeed the score. Um, but before we get into that, I actually want to kind of switch it up this time. Uh, I am going to go through some trade rumors, and then we'll get into the game. And then at the end of the game, or after the game, uh, I'm going to – because, if, you know, we had a, a lot of time off, um, and also I was just bored. Um, so I decided to create a Bucks quiz for Fog. So stay tuned for that. Um, let's get started, Fog. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, not too excited about that quiz, to be honest, because I don't know much about the Bucks. Well, we gonna find out. I mean, last time you did, we did have the Bulls quiz, and you did better than I would ever have expected you to do. So, you know, well, maybe you do know more about the Bucks. We'll see. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's get started on the uh, trade rumors. So, I just want to kind of quickly get these out of the way and just get your thoughts on them. So, Sam Amick, um, they talk. He talked about on, I believe it was. Oh, what, what was it? At? Oh, I don't remember the podcast it was on. It was maybe maybe it was on his podcast. Maybe it was on um, one of the Kings podcasts. But um, so there were conflicts and reports about you know De'Aaron Fox's availability. Um, you know, Amick says you know Fox is on the table. Uh, Halliburton is on the table. But then the Shams report came out saying that the uh, Kings are not are not going to put De'Aaron Fox on the table anymore. Basically, they're saying, like, we want to build the Kings. I, I mean, we want to build around De'Aaron. And, the co- and basically, he kind of explained why there was a weird conflict of reporting, and especially weird because Shams and Amick both work for The Athletic. So maybe there's some beef stirring between them. Just kidding. There, there isn't. But, you know. Um, so he basically explained it on a podcast that the basically the Kings tried to shop him and didn't get anything worthwhile back for him so that's why the report from shams came out oh well that's good i mean i don't want to trade fox for some bag of chips or something out in the league i'm pretty sure monty knows what he's doing but uh since we're talking about these trades uh is halburn still on that table (laughs) yeah everyone is on the table from what Mm, i'm hearing okay so but the thing is with halburn and fox specifically they need a godfather type deal and I and I'll get into it a little bit later. It's probably going to be something we haven't heard at all. Uh, I see. <laughs> so like my hope would be a Pascal Siakam type, or again a Jalen Brown type. But none, of, neither one of those guys have been reported as actually being available. It's a lot of media, like national media, kind of drumming up that, um, drumming up that you know that rumor basically so i i don't know if they're even like it's kind of the same thing are they available like unless for the godfather deal you know uh i mean are they just making these reports for the quicks or something because it seems like it's <laughs> it's well it, it very much depends on who is coming from like i've heard enough from like actual like people talking about it i believe like you know, guys, have, I want to say it came from, like, they've talked, like, Amick and, like, you know, other guys, like, re- reputable sources have talked about it. There's something there with the Raptors. And the Jalen and the Celtics thing with Jalen Brown, like, it's kind of makes sense. But if you think about it for, t- for a little bit longer, it doesn't make sense because, you know, like, you have two wings like that. Like, the issue is not the two. Not Tatum and uh, not Tatum and Brown. Like, the issue is the rest of the cast sucks ass. That's not their fault. And then, and then like, there's some rumors about, you know, uh, like, Siakam and Scotty Barnes play the same position. So, like, you can only have one. I, I, why, why can't you have both? Like, they're both big. They're both very good basketball players. Scotty Barnes is on his way. Pascal Siakam is a very good player. Why do you need to pick between the two? That's my opinion. But a lot of people think that, you know, De'Aaron and Halliburton don't fit together. And I'm guessing it's kind of like the same thing. But, like, you can never have too many good basketball players on the same team. So it never made sense to me why any, why Siakam and Brown are being talked about. But and the, these are there are reputable sources saying that, hey, you might want to, you know, keep an eye on them. Uh, that's interesting, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure we could be able to fit Fox and Halburn in whatever system we could create off of uh, 
I guess after a trade trade deadline because you you know we uh, we haven't uh, made so many uh, good white rotations lately. So I mean, if anything, we could possibly just play Fox first or Halburn uh, off the bench like we used to do. Yeah. I, I mean, you'll you'll get King Swear an uproar because they did not want Halliburton come off the bench last year, and honestly, he shouldn't. But it really doesn't mm-hmm. matter. But like the thing, the problem is like if you can't get them to play together, that's a that's a problem. Yeah. But we'll we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But um, moving on from that, um, James Ham on his podcast and you know on his website have kind of detailed that um, Fox is available, but it is only available for the Godfather type deal. And he has mentioned it's a, it's a deal we have not heard of. There, there's stuff going on behind the scenes that he probably can't reveal yet, but he, if he, if Fox or, well, he did, I don't think he mentioned Halliburton, but like more of Fox that he is, you're, if he's getting traded, you're going to get some big back. I'm hoping so, but so far, I guess nothing has gone down. And if it does, you know, come down to the Ben Simmons trade, I mean, shoot, nothing has happened. <laughs> well, I, I already said my piece on it. Like, I, I don't think you should trade Fox for Simmons. He, he's not good enough. Again, the only two guys are Jalen Brown and Pascal Siakam. And if there's anyone else available, I don't, I don't, I'm not even sure about trading for Bradley Beal to a certain degree. I, I mean, ultimately you have to if that deal's out there, but like. Even then, I would be somewhat skeptical about that. But, you know, the, like Fox has a lot of value to me and I believe this could work. So, like, it makes sense that the, that the Kings are approaching it. Like, you know, if, if it's Simmons, like, eh, Pascal Siakam, maybe like, yeah, like how many draft picks you want. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. you know, but we'll see how we'll see how that plays out. But um another another note that uh james ham talked about so so there was talks about um you know the kings are willing to take on tobias um in order to get simmons that apparently is coming from daryl morris camp that is not coming from the kings he, the oh. people he's talked to on the kings they are not willing to take on tobias harris okay i see well that's which, good which honestly i think is a bit of a mistake well i mean it depends on what daryl moore is asking in in addition to simmons and, and taking on tobias like if you're saying like oh you we we still want fox yeah at that point i'm like yeah i don't want tobias but like look look if the price is you know you know having to take on tobias and but you still keep fox somehow and Halliburton, i i do it oh 100%. yeah for sure yeah, it's just, you know, it's Daryl we're talking about, and uh, man, uh, I don't want to see whatever he uh, wants to, or what we want to give up just for those two. There was a picture that I saw about, it, like, a few days ago, where basically it was showing, like, um, Joel and B trying to score in the paint. And uh-huh. there were four guys, like, legitimately four guys in the paint waiting for him. And, it, and it's just one of those things where, like, you know, look, if Daryl Morey, like, if, if there's any pressure from Joel Embiid, they, he legitimately just might have to take a Buddy Heel deal somehow. Because how do you have four guys in the paint along with him? For whatever reason, there's no space for him to operate. Like, I don't know how that's happened, even though they have shooters. They might need a Buddy Heel type spacer. And, you know, Buddy Heel will work well in Philly. And... You know, he might have to just bite the bullet and just take a deal like that because they need spacing. <laughs> uh, I see. Well, I mean, that's up to Daryl, to be honest, if that's the case, if we offer up Buddy Healed. Okay. Anyways, um, the next thing, the next thing I want uh, that um, Ham mentioned is that a Fox slash Halliburton swap for Zabonis is not on the table. Good. <laughs> I, I don't get the obsession with Sabonis. Um, like, I, he's not... Like, um, I already told you about the Carmichael Day poll. Like, 50% people... 50%, I think it was like 700 votes. 50% wanted Sabonis, 50% wanted Ben Simmons. Doesn't make any sense to me, because... Like, granted, both of them are ceiling limiters, but, like, Sabonis is a guy that I feel his defensive deficiencies will will kind of, like, cut... Have a ceiling. You know, and same thing with Ben Simmons. Like his, if he's not willing to shoot ever, like in the fourth quarter, that's a problem, and that puts a ceiling on your team. 
But Simmons's, you know, defensive versatility and, you know, playmaking ability, that's way, I think that's way more valuable than what Sabonis brings, which is scoring and playmaking. Oh, yeah. I mean, if it weren't for, or if it weren't uh, Fox and Howie Burnham, Swappa, would you rather prefer, like, someone else in our team? Or maybe, you know, maybe a couple picks and a guy? What do you mean? Like, for we, we trade a couple guy, picks and a guy for Sabonis. Yeah. Well, it depends on who. If you're, I mean, if you're saying Buddy Hill, go, yes. Yes. A thousand <laughs> times, yes. Marvin Bagley, go for it. Like, when you start talking about Rashawn Holmes, I'm like, eh, I don't know. Mm, and then, no. like, Harrison, like, I, well, here's the other thing. Like, what makes sense for them to take back? What did they want back? Like, it was something along the lines that they wanted, like, up two picks for Miles Turner. And I'm just like, yeah. huh? Two picks? Or Miles Turner? I mean, like, Turner's good. I really like him. And honestly, I prefer to trade for him. But two picks? Or Miles Turner? And then also, like, and then they're asking more for Sabonis. And I'm like, ugh. I don't know, man. I'm not I'm not giving you that much for Sabonis. Granted, the one thing that's kind of under-discussed about Sabonis, very cheap contract. Like, $18 million a year. Uh, to give you a comparison, Ben Simmons is over 30 per year. Mm-hmm. Like, there is a difference there. But it's, I don't know. I'm not a fan of Sabonis. Yeah, I know. It's uh, I'm I'm, uh, I'm wondering uh, for Miles Turner, geez, two picks. Wait, going off. I th- of- I think by the trade deadline, that price is gonna come down when they realize, eh, nobody ain't nobody paying you two picks, basically. Yeah, maybe one pick. <laughs> I would do one pick. One pick, I would do it. Yes. Uh, but yeah. Uh, but uh, what kind of injury does uh Miles Turner have? Because um, he won't see a stress fracture on his foot. He'll be mm. apparently he'll be back after the All Star break. I don't oh, know. okay. Oh. I don't know. Like up to you if you want <laughs> if you want to like count on that. But it's like, yeah, big men and foot injuries. Eh. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll just say that. But I, I would I would pay a pick for him. Honestly, unprotected. I don't care. Oh yeah, it's just that. Uh, hopefully he comes back. Uh, pretty healthy but you know I, i'm not expecting too much from him uh you know if he does come to the kings uh because i, I doubt he's uh, we're gonna uh get uh, or yeah he's gonna carry us to uh, play in or play off he's a he's a well are you talking about monster yeah he's very much a complimentary piece if you can get a benson's in mm-hmm. my opinion like I've never understood why him and Sabonis don't work. I guess it's like he gets like limited to just standing in the corner. But like I feel if you can make a big move, like he would bl- he would be the Vlade to the to the Weber if like if a move is made, if that makes any sense. Like, you know, you you bring in a star and then and then like maybe the star doesn't really like it. The team isn't like where it needs to be. But like you bring a guy like Miles Turner, he's he kind of he really like you know complements another star and probably makes you into a pretty good team. Hmm. I see. Well, yeah. Like you said before in the previous podcast, we gotta focus. If Simmons, uh, we could get Simmons first, then we'll focus on that. Okay. Um. Last two things I'll I'll talk about. James Ham thinks that so the two core pieces of like you know depending on who you think of the core i think he specifically listed fox buddy barnes and holmes now um ham james ham thinks that you know halliburton is kind of on a actually on a tier higher than fox that because like he he was drafted by monty he doesn't okay. mention davion in these which is interesting i don't know if davion's included in these but he did say that two core pieces so the core pieces are Fox, Buddy, Barnes, and Holmes. Two, he thinks t- at least two or three of these guys will be gone by the deadline. Either of those three that you just mentioned? Either of those four, like Fox, oh. Buddy, Barnes, and Holmes. And you know, Fox is on on a higher tier, of course. He, he's harder to, tra- or he's he's less likely to be traded. But they, just two out of these three, like Buddy, Barnes, and Holmes, is likely to be moved. Well, hopefully it's Buddy and Barnes. I mean, I would love to keep Barnes, but uh, it, it all depends on the deal, too. But yeah, Barnes has been uh, kind of up and down for us, to be honest. 
Yeah, and you know, like it, it's kind of run its course. And unfortunately, like you know, if you want to get something, you got to trade something good. And Barnes has a lot of value around the league. That's why mm-hmm. I never. That's why I was never mad that the Kings didn't trade him last um, offseason because his value has well, honestly maintained or possibly even gotten better. Like, mm-hmm. so you know that that's just me. Holmes, I would be very, I would be very like sad if he's traded. Yeah, he has a great value under his contract, too, for what he provides us. And he definitely could provide a lot of teams, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, offense, hopefully. He did uh, his... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, oh no, I was just going to say, and defensively, because he's pretty much our best center. Yeah, and um, I will say one thing, like his mom kind of gave some Kings fans a bit of a, a bit of a heart attack because she, t- she tweeted out something like, oh, wow nope no context no nothing and uh, you know there is a possibility that Rashawn will be on the move and you know i will say if you're moving them you better get some you better get some damn good back oh yeah hopefully not of equal value because there's a lot of back on drafts of equal value uh that uh uh other players doesn't provide like homes so and lastly james ham thinks there's a 60 percent chance that a big move happens sean cunningham his co-host on his podcast was a mm-hmm. little bit less optimistic he thinks 40 percent chance that something big will happen a big move will go down i mean so far it's like what big move has monty has made or have made besides you know drafting guys to be honest well, he's been saving. Well, like that's the thing. He's he's been refrained from making big moves, i.e., trading Buddy and trading Marvin, because yeah. that's thirty. That's about thirty million dollars in contracts that you can trade to for something really good or big. Again, i.e., Ben Simmons likely. Like, so he's been holding off on this. We'll see if it finally pays off. And you know, Ham and Cunningham, they're pretty connected, like behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And like the fact that they say there's a well, at least like Ham he thinks a sixty percent and uh, Cunningham a forty percent, like there's something going on behind the scenes, and I hope it does. I hope it does occur, and I hope it's not a bad deal. Yeah, let's hope so. Okay, let let me just throw a trade to you. Uh, Casey brought this up on ESPN thirteen twenty. Uh-huh. So what do you think of this swap? Uh, Rashad Holmes for James Wiseman. James Wiseman from the Warriors. Uh, uh, James Wiseman is a small contract. Too. No, actually, no, they're about the same. They're, they're actually about the same. It, it's uh, yeah, because like he was a number two pick. They're oh. not. They're, they're not that far off. Like it is a bit cheaper, but it's not like a substantial amount. Uh, I would. I would just keep Holmes to be honest. I. I mean, that would intrigue me. I would definitely think about it. But the uh-huh. issue with that is like he's not played this year, yeah, and I yeah. don't know I don't know what the hell's going on with the knee. But like the fact that Clay came, well, actually, like it was a torn meniscus. But okay, so he is actually so he's nine million this year, and uh, nine point six, and then jumps to twelve million and twenty through twenty four. Mm-hmm. And so like I don't know what the hell's going on with his knee, unless you can get like reassurances so that his knee is perfectly fine. It's just that he's taking his time. Like that's the only issue I would have because Holmes would be great on the Warriors. And yeah. honestly, like if the if the Warriors would just kind of honestly pull their pull their heads out of their asses a little bit, like they should probably trade James Wiseman for something like better because, like I don't know if he when he comes back like he makes the team better because like you know when Clay came back you're like everyone's like he's gonna make the team better because he knows the system he knows what he's he knows what he needs to do, and he can play defense. I can't say any of that about James Wiseman and like it's you know he has he's barely played in the past but three years since he graduated from high school and like he had a lot of issues last year and honestly like they should explore the uh they should explore training James Wiseman more but you know they they believe in their development and he and they believe that he is the bridge to the future and I've I've actually heard like they're not trading him unless it's for like a Bradley Beal type so it's like that's a little too high value in my opinion granted i do think he'll be good as long as like if he's not if he doesn't get injured like i think he'll be good but like does he help you win a championship this year or next year i, I don't think so no oh man jeez. Uh, i don't know i have to i have to look up 
into Wiseman more because yeah, he he hasn't played. I don't know if he'll be ready for us. Uh, you know, this season. Like, he should be. It's from what I've heard. Like he should be back in the next month or so. Okay. Well, I'm gonna have to see it to believe it, to be honest, because as of right now, I'm still sticking with Holmes because I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give the Warriors a excuse too. He knows our system, but sadly, he only knows how to play very well with Halliburton. <laughs> uh, sorry, if you guys heard um, something, that was me eating an orange. So, but I, I mean, like I, they can fit in James pretty easily into the Kings' offense. It's not thing complex. The issue with him with the Warriors is that the Warriors run the most complex system. <laughs> especially when you're the center mm-hmm. and like it's hard to teach a young guy like that all, all that stuff like they honestly would have been better off having you know however old he is andrew bogut last year because like the, the system they run is very complicated and they basically make the center do everything except for score and you know mm-hmm. on the kings like we would love for the for like the center to be able to score but like better and james mm-hmm. wiseman has that you could simplify with just running pick and roll with them but uh, you know that that's why I would advocate for them to do it. Um, Casey apparently texted it to a Warriors um, Warriors radio guy, Abonte Hill, and first of all, that guy said no, he's he wouldn't do that trade if he was the Warriors, and instead he'll offer you a counter pa- package of Belly and a second round pick. Why? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh... Yeah, and uh, Casey just left him on red, which is exactly <laughs> what I would do. I'm just like fuck off really belly and a second round pick bitch you better give me your first round pick i ain't taking mm-hmm. i ain't taking that oh my goodness yeah no definitely no <laughs> oh man i mean for all the love to belly but i do not want i'm not trying homes for belly no Are you kidding me yeah oh man okay. if that's the case i don't know i don't know what else the worst could give up well, I mean, like, I think they're pretty set in what they have. They need one more shot creator, probably, but those don't come cheap. So I don't know mm-hmm. how they'll do it. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, last last thing I lied about earlier, uh, Keith Pompey uh, from the Philadelphia Inquirer, um, he's very well connected in the Philly area. And he basically said, like, in terms of the uh, the Ben Simmons deal, the big hiccup right now is the Tobias Harris contract. Basically, no one wants to take them on. Is basically yeah. what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, those are kind of the trade rumors going on. I really like hearing about the sixty percent chance that you know a big move will come from James Hamlin. Honestly, I'm pretty happy that there's a forty percent chance from uh, there's that there's a even a forty percent chance of us being able to make a deal um, at some point. We'll see what happens. I'm excited for that deal we haven't heard of. Oh. So there's a deal that uh, hasn't been reported. Yes, no, no reports. Like because like everything that you're actually hearing, you know, specifically Ben Simmons, that's all from Daryl Morey. He's trying to play the media game right now, mm-hmm. and honestly, it's actually pretty rare that works. Like the famous, um, the famous example is Rich Paul getting uh, Anthony Davis the Lakers. Mm-hmm. That's a rare example. So. We'll see how it plays out. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just really curious what that deal is. Like, if it is Pascal Siakam and Jalen Brown, I am uber excited. <laughs> well, let's hope so because I, we're just anxiously, anxiously waiting because, uh, uh, man, I, I do want this team some change. Okay. Well, let's finally get to the game. Uh, 24 minutes in, uh, we're finally gonna get to the game. So. Um, before we actually get into the game, um, so Halliburton uh, was cleared health and safety protocols, I believe, on Friday. Mm-hmm. And on Saturday, he was playing. Oh, yeah. And he, you know, visited his own like, high school to get his jersey retired, too. Yeah, I actually, I thought he was from Iowa. I, I don't know. If, I, you know, that shows my lack of knowledge of the states. Um, I don't know if Iowa's next to Wisconsin, but I thought he was from Iowa because he went to Iowa State. But. He, no, he, he's from he's from Wisconsin. Yeah. 
<laughs> and uh, also his parents were there to support him so that's great to see honestly more kings more kings jerseys now with the, granted there weren't that many overall not that they panned any but like you know more kings jerseys not what expected mm-hmm. i mean there's there's a lot of us everywhere in the whole world i guess um De'Aaron fox a late was a really random late scratch apparently he had a sore ankle but from what i've read from james ham and sean cunningham it's nothing serious he was he just couldn't go which that's a that's a bit concerning but uh, right is apparently is nothing uh, according to ham and uh, uh ham and cunningham who, who they with people that they talk to so but also on the on the uh, buck side Giannis and grayson allen were out which is also good because we would have probably been uh, overtaken by Giannis, to be honest. Well, so here's here's the th- here's the weird thing that I've heard from like people who've worked uh, with teams. When you actually take out like a guy like Giannis, like for example, just like last minute, mm-hmm. like the Kings, the Kings clearly like game planned for Giannis. It looked like because they packed the shit out of the paint. Mm-hmm. But like now that there's not Giannis, it's actually weirdly hard to actually make that adjustment to not pack the paint. Uh, and like basically it kind of it, it throws off a lot of teams. And I felt like that's what happened during this game. Granted, they, they could have readjusted and just say, oh, let's not pack the paint so much since they don't really have a guy that can, you know, dominate the paint like Giannis. But mm-hmm. like it like, you know, theoretically, like, oh, you're, you're missing Giannis. This should be a much quote-unquote easier game for the kings but it usually doesn't end up that way anyways so basically the kings actually i thought during this game were pretty good i thought it's just that you know the the aforementioned plan where they where i say they pack the paint that really came to bite them in the ass because the um bucks ended up shooting 50 percent from three 21 threes uh, or 21 of 42 from the three-point line and absolutely blitzed the shit out of the Kings from the three-point line. And ultimately, that was the difference between the game because everywhere else, the Kings actually did pretty well. Yeah, like, offensive-wise, like, we pretty much kept up. It was a pretty much back and forth for the most part. Uh, it's just those threes really, like you said, haunted us. And uh, there was, uh, I would say a few like bad passes and turnovers uh in between but you know we're we're just gonna have to deal with it because we we always you know give those up to be honest okay i just my god this is why like sometimes just annoys me sometimes when i see a bunch of threes go down so dante divincenzo a good kind of barometer like in terms of just like a guy that i didn't think was a good shooter and is not a good shooter ends up shooting what three for five from three this game mm-hmm. and a lot of these threes like they took were like lo- the long type like off the dribble like you know with you know one pass in the offense and like basically it w- it's not like you know they're not great threes but the the bucks just kept making them and Dante DiVincenzo shot three for five from three this game his career is he's a 35 percent three-point shooter 37 in the last year and this year 28 percent just under 29 and it's like it's just one of those games where like they just hit a lot of threes and granted the bucks are actually a good three-point shooting team i believe they are top 10 in uh attempts or they're no they're top five in makes but they're like top 10 in percentage so it's like it's just one of those things where like after a while you might want to just adjust to them but you know give credit to the king's defense they played good enough defense for the most part and they made and they were actually able to keep it close by getting to the paint a lot because they actually didn't shoot all that well from three they shot 15 to 37 like they shot okay but like they weren't lights out but they got to the paint a lot 54 points in the paint and it allowed them to kind of hang around for honestly way longer than they had any right to Mm-hmm. Especially, yeah, our whole starting lineup of uh, Tyrese, uh, TD, Rashawn, Marvin, and Harrison Barnes, they, they got to paint pretty easily, too. And I thought, uh, you know, sometimes the Bucks' defense were slacking when they, you know, got those drives down. But, yeah, I, I was surprised to see Harrison Barnes uh, score this much uh, because, you know, like I said before, it's kind of up and down in terms of uh, whether he does play super well or, you know, he's just that, you know, Mr. Reliable guy. Yeah, and he actually finished with a really good stat line, 29 points and six rebounds, three assists, like 11 for 18. He was good this game. It's just, it's just unfortunate, like, you know, 
they kind of just again they just got destroyed from the three-point line and you know there needed to be adjustment they never really made it and you know it sometimes it just happens this way but it's it's this kind of stuff where like they're co- they're a competitive team against good teams, and I and I just asked them like what the hell why can't you guys do this against bad teams? Why can't you guys come up to come out strong against like a team like the Rockets or the Detroit where you don't you know dig yourself into a hole and have to fight back? Like where is this energy when you're fighting those guys? Like you come out strong like this against you know the Rockets uh, and the Detroit and like the other bad teams like. You know, you're probably winning those games. And honestly, if you win those, like, you know, games against these, again, bad teams, like, you're in a very different position. But, you know, here we are. Like, you know, they're competitive against it's, against the Bucks team. And, you know, if luck, if, you know, a few bounces go their way, they arguably, you know, have a chance to win this game. And, like, you know, you, sometimes you lose these games and it's fine. But, you know, in the... In the case, like, you know, where you're losing so many uh, games against bad teams, you have to win these games. And they don't do it consistently enough. But that's why that's why you got to take care of business against the bad teams. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to say this, but this is also without De'Aaron Fox. So I don't I don't know. It's uh, it's something the Kings need to focus on, I guess. And like Tyrese, like, you know, he was great. Like, he, in his first game back, was just like, you know, every time he shot the ball, he's like the most confident shoot. Like, he's the guy when he shoots the ball, I'm just like, that has a high chance of going in, and that's probably going to go in. And, mm-hmm. like, the thing that comes to my mind, Isaac taking more shots. He took 14 shots this game. There needs to, He needs to get up to around 20, especially without De'Aaron in the lineup. But the thing with De'Aaron in the lineup, why can't you do that when De'Aaron is in the lineup? Like, there's nothing stopping him from doing it. And that's what's frustrating about him. And it's like, you know, he's he's arguably like this. He, you know, he's arguably the best player on the team. And you know, I don't think he's better than De'Aaron, but like on some nights he is. Like he needs to sh- he needs to take shots like he is one of those guys. He can't. And unfortunately, there's just too many guys. Like Harrison Barnes is, has the same issue, where like he's probably the third best player on this team, but he doesn't take shots like he's the third best player on this team. Instead, you're constantly getting you know, outshot by guys like, you know, Terrence Davis and on some nice, um, on some nice Buddy Heald and hell, even on some nice Chemezi Metsu. Like those shots need to be you guys instead of like spreading it out so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's, to be honest, not going to be changing anytime soon. So we're just going to expect this and hopefully someday that uh, we'll see more Tyrese. I'm, I'm focusing more on Tyrese at this moment because, yeah, he definitely should have shot at least 10 more compared to, let's see, Marvin Bagley and TD. I mean, they did play well, too, but TD is like one of those volume shooters that needs to get into rhythm. And Marvin Bagley, just, he just got a lot of second chance points, to be honest. I mean, I think I thought Marvin was. I mean, actually, no, he wasn't good because like he was guarded by uh, Pat Connaughton, and unfortunately, this is like this is a whole Kings thing. Uh, I, you know, on top of him, like he doesn't know how to score on smaller guys. He just doesn't. He doesn't have the fundamentals down, and like you know, they try to force it to him a few times, and he just couldn't take advantage. Like, he, granted, Pat Connaughton is a thick boy. He, he's he's definitely of the PJ Tucker mold. But like, mm-hmm. come on, dude's like, dude's like six inches shorter than you. You should know how to how to like take take care of him. Like, you know, do the Anthony Davis duck in, do the spin move for the lob. But Kings don't have that in their offense, and you know, Bagley doesn't have the doesn't have the IQ to know how to attack that either. And yeah, you know, it's just one of those things. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, yeah, I mean, we just recently, uh, I wouldn't say recently just uh put marvin back into this lineup because you know Walton didn't play him at all and there's probably a good reason why but you know it's good to see that he's uh trying his best out there and uh helping this team and i oh sorry and i kind of wish he did go off the bench uh in a good way in a some ways but you know what other forwards do we have really I mean, yeah, the other option is Chemezi Metsu, or, you know, I don't know why he didn't play, but Mo Harkless. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is, I don't know why that lineup isn't out there, but, you know, I don't mind if he's a starter. I don't care if he's coming off the bench, as long as he's, like, he's doing his thing. 
And, yeah. you know, he's still learning even though he's in year four. And I hope, like, just this time, just being on the court, finally kind of, like, you know, lets him learn the game. And it looks like he is. And, again, even even though, like, we're kind of being negative on him, I, I honestly wouldn't mind if he stayed on this team. If he, mm-hmm. he kind of buys into this role. Oh, yeah. I mean, when when is his contract actually going to go up and uh, we need to extend? So the extension, I believe, is over, like, the period. We're, like, we're not extending him. Um, oh, basically, okay. we can offer him a qualifying offer this summer, and <laughs> he can take it or deny it and become an unrestricted free agent and, you know, see if uh, some other team wants to take a risk on him. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, honestly his best choice like is probably take a qualifying offer and see what you can get um and then like try to play this year like next year out i don't know how the mechanics of it work but what i'm trying to say is that honestly he should he should really try to just make the most out of this king situation right now Uh, okay yeah of course okay well um that's basically what i have for the game like ultimately the kings play tough they hung around and like, you know, had they just made a few more, one or two more plays, they arguably could have won the game. But, you know, it's just disappointing they can't do this against bad teams. Like, against a good team, like, it's nice to just be in the game and some, and sometimes you catch lightning in a bottle and you can win one of these one of these games against a, against a good team, even though they don't have their star. Like, you know, that's just who this, who this Kings team is. They play well against good. They play well enough to hang around with good teams, but they can't take care of business against bad teams. And that ain't changing anytime soon, unfortunately. That's just a, um, we've seen enough of this garbage and this is just who they are. And, uh, yeah, we're just, uh, honestly, we're just trudging through so, until the trade deadline. And honestly, more losses will probably come. Uh, they dropped to 18 and 30. Um, like I think two and a half games out of the play-in, I think three game, three games out of the final spot. Like it's looking, it's gonna, it's probably gonna get grim before it gets better. Yeah, I'm starting to worry a lot, Wes. To be honest, because if I do worry, it's it's not gonna look pretty. But you know, it is how it is. And let's see, what is our next game? I'm trying to. It is against the Celtics on Tuesday. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I wouldn't worry too much about that, just because Boston has their own problems. Mm-hmm. Like, they, 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 they have the mental. They honestly have the mental fortitude of the Kings. Like, it's not. They're not. The, they're not that much better. And it's, you know, like again, I don't think um, Brown and uh, Tatum are the problem, but like they have a mental fragi- mental fragility about them, man. You know, Tatum and Brown just aren't the leaders that they that that team needs. Uh, well, I guess we shall see when the game comes. Okay. Well, that's all we have for the game. The other two things I want to quickly mention: uh, Barnes passed the ten thousand points uh, uh, mark. So, congratulations to him with a twenty-nine uh, point performance. Oh, uh, we forgot to mention how Hal- Halliburton had a twenty-four and twelve game, but not too shabby at all. It's just, oh yeah. Can he please shoot more? But um, there was also a really weird moment where uh, Wesley Matthews, but I think bumped knees with Davion. I I don't think I've heard anything yet about whether it's an actual injury or not. But he was limping for like two or three possessions, and mm-hmm. but for whatever reason, just did not call a timeout. It was weird. Yeah, that it should be. I, I'm gonna be honest. I it's like I want to think about my players. And I would say I would give the timeout right after the next play, to be honest. But yeah, he just was whipping back and forth, trying his best to, you know, just stand in. I mean, he was just standing in a corner, trying to do whatever he could. But I don't know what what uh, the coaches were thinking. Like, no one was uh, ever concerned besides the players themselves. Like, it was just like when they called the timeout, he just laid on like next to the scores table like on the on the floor and then like he had to be helped to the back by some people it's like i i get i get toughening it out sometimes but like I, i'm not saying that this is as bad as you know what jim boylan did but it, it reminded me of what jim boylan did to i believe it was wendell carter like one of the bulls players like rolled his ankle was like literally laying on the ground while it was in play and jim boylan would not call a timeout it got so bad rick carlisle had to call the timeout just so they can get they can get the guy off the floor. Like, I'm not saying it was that bad, but it took yeah. a chase of that. 
Yeah, but I'm going to be honest. I, I really thought they were trying to play out the last, I believe it was almost about 28 seconds left at the quarter, but, you know, they caught it right before the 28 seconds. Yeah, so, yeah, we are both for player safety, and, like, I, he toughed it out as much as he could, but, like, you, you want to protect your players as much as you can, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, well, that's actually it uh, for the game. Let's move on to probably the most the most exciting part. You know, just the little fun little thing we like to do. Let's go into quiz time. Oh boy. Okay, let get on your seats or get up off your seats. Let's do some quiz time. Okay, so um, since you know I had a little extra time, and because I'm a psycho, and instead of actually doing homework for my class, I, for whatever reason, decided to create a quiz for uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Since we, since you had some time off, I might as well do it. Uh, so let's uh, let's get started. Kind of the same rules as before. I still haven't worked out an actual reward that I'm willing to put on paper. But if you do get, let's just say, here, here's the rule. So there are five questions. Uh-huh. And if you get more than three of them correct, and there's a bonus point for one of them, uh, so there would be a possibility of six total points. If you get more than three points, I'll do I'll do some something for you. I'll, maybe I'll get you something. Maybe I'll like treat you out to dinner. Who knows? But uh, that's only if you can get more than three points out of six. Okay, so uh, same rules as before. Pick a number between one through five. All right, then. Well, let's start with one. <laughs> All right, one. So Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, or Lou Alcindor, as he was known at, at the time, famously uh-huh. won the Bucks' first championship in 1971 with Oscar Robinson leading the way. Uh, depending, he was their point guard. You know, you know, I, I say he's the leader of the team. Anyways, they won the title in 1971 against the Washington Bullets. In how many games did the Bucks win this series in? Oh, boy. So I'm look so basically what I'm looking for is I want you to say four four oh four one four two four three. Did it go to a game seven? I'm trying uh I definitely don't know this, but I think it was a four two. And that is wrong. Uh, they won four zero, a sweep dang, uh, of okay. the Washington Bullets. I have no clue who was on that Washington Bullets team, by the way. I forgot to actually research that. But <laughs> yes, uh, Kareem won. I believe that was his first uh, finals MVP. If, I think that's the second year they did the finals MVP. Um, and yeah, they basically just swept the Bullets, just took care of business. Mm. And they won their first ever championship. Uh, first, The first of Kareem's six rings. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, bad start already. <laughs> yep, so that's zero points for this question. Pick a number between one through five. Let's go with four. All right, four. So this one is about Giannis. So oh Giannis is probably on track to be the greatest Bucks player in history. I say that because um, Lou Alcindor or Kareem did go to the Lakers, and his legacy as, the, as a Bucks will be tainted, at least in my book, for that. Um, so Giannis probably going to stay with the Bucks for the foreseeable future. You know, mm-hmm. it could change, but well, let's assume he is. He is on he is on track to be the greatest Bucks player in NBA history. Mm-hmm. And so that probably means that he's probably going to be leading uh, in the Bucks in a lot of statistical categories because he is a statistical anomaly all on his own. So, you know, I guess, you know, I don't even know how many years he's into his career. But he is already holding some of the Bucks' records. My question to you is, uh, on the box score, so you can, you can just open the ESPN box score for the stats that I'm talking about. How okay. many categories is he actually leading the uh, Bucks in already in total? Um, so, like, historically. So that would be points, assists, offensive and defensive rebounds. That's important. Um, that actually kind of gives you a bit of a clue. Offensive and defensive rebounds, steals, blocks, turnovers, and personal fouls. So, like, how many of these statistical categories is he already the Bucks' leading, leading, I guess, uh, statistical leader um, in, in already? Already. Oh. I'm going to say, let's see, 
I'm going to say steals and blocks is two already. Rebounds is probably... Uh, um, remember, remember, there are two categories for that. Uh, so I'm going to give you a bit of a bone on that one. So the offensive rebounds and defensive rebounds, they're separate. And total is also separate? Total is not. Total is not a category for me. Okay, what do we did? Let's see. One, two, three. Uh, wait, can you name out the categories again real quick? So it's points, assists, uh-huh. offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds, uh-huh. steals, blocks, turnovers, and personal fouls. I'm going to go with four. Ah, so close, but no dice. So it is three uh, on my books Ah. because I specifically he reads he leads the Bucks in total and the most defensive rebounds. And Uh he leads the Bucks in blocks and turnovers there. There's another one where uh, I think he leads the uh, he leads the Bucks in uh, in what's it called in triple doubles as well. There's another one. Let me just pull up that graphic that I saved. And let me just do a search. So he so he's in he's the leader in defensive rebounds, blocks, turnovers, triple doubles, and true shooting percentage. And free Jeez. throw attempts. But like I didn't I didn't include that one. So So unfortunately you were close, but no dice. He he is on uh, his way to being very good. I'll just say that. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Okay, so unfortunately, you are 0 for 2 right now um, with uh, only three questions left. Give me a number between 1 and 5. 1 no. through 5, that's not 1 and 4. Let's go with 5. Let's go with 5. Okay. All right, so another Kareem question. Uh, in, <laughs> in in February 21st of 1970, Kareem, known as Lou Alcindor at the time, uh, that's a rookie Lou Alcindor at the time, scored 51 points against the Seattle Supersonics, setting the record for the most points ever scored by a Bucks rookie. This record would stand for the next 39 years until this rookie broke the record against the Warriors uh, in November 14th of 2009 with 55 points. Do you know who this rookie was? Oh no! Yeah, you yeah you sure? Uh, I believe this is on a Andy Hoops video. If I'm yeah, right. this is where I got the idea from. Oh my gosh! I don't know his name. Oh, I I know who you're talking about too. Uh no, I'm not gonna get this. Oh boy. Uh, All I need is a name. What was his name? Oh no. Let me see if I can figure out what pick he was, um, real quick. I'm I'm not gonna get this. Ow, ow, oh, gosh. All I need is a name from you. Give me a name. Is it no? I I'm gonna get this wrong. I I'm definitely not. I'm pretty sure he wasn't even drafted by the Bucks. Brandon Knight? No, no. What what am I saying? You're 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 way closer than you'll ever. <laughs> It was Brandon Jennings. No. <laughs> and you know the more ironic thing? They were yeah. traded for each other. Oh, my gosh. I, I knew it was like someone like that. Dang. I was like, there's no way Brandon Knight could have scored that many. <laughs> and honestly, looking back, I I am surprised that Brandon Jennings did this. But, yes, in November 14, 2009, he scored 55 points against the Warriors. And, and then I think it was a then rookie scoring like record, I believe. Like I forgot the other like record, but yes, it was Brandon Jennings. <laughs> and yes, he was the tenth pick in the 2009 draft. Oh my gosh! Actually. You know what? I'll give you I'll give you a bit of a bone for this one. You'll get an extra bonus point. So you'll so there are now seven uh, possible points for. Uh, it, so who do you think won the rookie of the year for that year? So you're so you're so we're I'm asking the 2010 rookie of the year. Oh boy. Uh, 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 2010. Uh, that was the year 
Wait, was that the year John Wall? No. I don't even think I can't even remember any uh I have the biggest shit eating grin right now too because <laughs> Because <laughs> it's it's it, you're gonna you're gonna punch uh, yourself once once I tell you who it is. But, so, but no, there no, is no, a point John, to play. There is a point to play. By the way, no, John Wall was 2011. No, they got dropped in 2011, so that can't be it. 20. No. Oh wait, we, we we talked about this yesterday, Tyreek. It is Tyreek, yeah. That was the 2009 draft, the infamous Steph Curry draft, where uh, Blake Griffin went number one. Um, I think Hashim the Beat was number two, and then James Harden number three. And Minnesota had two chances to take Steph Curry and went with oh two gosh. point guards. And somehow, I mean, Ricky Rubio turned out to be a good a good player. I, no, uh-huh. he was the fifth pick. I don't, I don't remember, but. Yes, that was that was the year Tyreek King's legend Tyreek Evans won the Rookie of the Year. Uh, I think he joined a statistical category where I think it was 25 and five. The only rookies to do that. Let me just pull up his Wikipedia page. <laughs> I believe it was something along the lines of the only people who had done that were LeBron James and Larry Bird, and I think uh, Grant Hill. Let me just check right now. Yeah, it sounds about right to be honest. So it's Oscar Rob- – so, yeah, 25 and 5. Oscar Robertson, Michael Jordan, and LeBron James. Pretty good uh, pretty good um, company to be in. And honestly, you would not have been crazy if you said he would have been the best player out of that draft. And Steph Curry had no chance of being better than Tyreek Evans. Unfortunately, he somehow actually got worse after every year after that. I don't know why, but yeah. So you do get a point. So you are now you have now have one point with two questions left. Can uh, you score on both of these? I don't think so. <laughs> but uh, let's try for number two this time. All right. So yeah, you are now left with number two and number three. So all right, you said number two. Uh, in Game Seven of the 2021 NBA Finals, Giannis scored 50. Points to win the Bucks their second ever championship after a hard-fought series against the Suns. He he was really the only score for the Bucks that game uh, because I looked at back at that box score and yeah, there's a pretty big gap between him and the next score, which okay. I will actually give you right now. The second leading score for the Bucks in that game was uh, Chris Middleton, uh-huh. and of course he he's he basically scored the game ceiling bucket that weird. You know, no separation, no elevation, um, fadeaway jumper going to his right um, to basically seal the game. I believe they went up six, and that basically sealed the game. Uh, the question, for however, is who was the third leading scorer of who was the third leading scorer um, for the Bucks during this oh, game? And geez. also, you have to answer the second part to get the point. How many points did this person score? I don't want to say Drew because I don't think it was Drew. I will not say anything. You yeah. have to figure that out. Was it Bobby Portis? Okay, ding, ding. Yes. Oh, really? Okay. okay. How many points did he have? Okay, if Chris Milton was second. I'm going to say 16. Dang, dang, he gets the oh, point. That man. is two points for – well, no, you have two total points. I'm only giving you one point for that question. Okay. <laughs> but good, but yes, good job. Yeah, Bobby Ford is 16 points, uh, three rebounds. I believe Drew was 14. I, he was the fourth leading scorer. Yeah, I remember Drew wasn't doing so hot. But defensive-wise, he was pretty good, so – yeah, Drew shot shot horrible during that series. I think it was like something around the lines of 34% for the entire series. He hit some big buckets, though, and he had a, a great game five. And as you mentioned, great defensive player, like legitimately locked up Chris Paul and uh, Devin Booker. And the funny thing was, like, people were saying, like, early in the series, is Chris Paul injured because he was looking really off and he was mm-hmm. shooting like shit? And then, like, the last two games, he was pretty good. And people noticed that uh, De- or True Holiday started guarding Devin Booker a little bit more, who, you know, started to play like shit afterwards in the final <laughs> two games. So, yeah, Drew Holiday was amazing during that series. But, like, honestly, the Eric Bledsoe comparisons, like, after, what, game three and game four, like, were kind of apt because, boy, he, he did not shoot well at all during that series. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
hey, maybe he'll somehow improve this season, which I, <laughs> I don't think he did much, so. Well, uh, just to kind of tie a bow on this, uh, Bobby Portis has 16 points, three rebounds, a block, and uh, five fouls. And one really bad foul in the fourth quarter where he got a technical for freaking out, basically. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I, was, I was screaming at the TV like, they got to bench him at that point. But no, they did not bench him, and he ended up contributing a lot to that final win. So, you know, congratulations to him. Oh, yeah. Well... I guess there's only one last question, huh? And it's it's to play for because if you get this question, you will win this game. And yeah, I will owe you something um, going going forward. Okay, so number so the last question is number three. The Bucks have three players that have passed the 1,000 made threes made as a buck, specifically as a buck, not career. Can you name those three players? You don't have to do them in order. You just have to name the three players. The three Bucks players that have made 1,000 threes as a Milwaukee Buck. At least a thousand. Or? At least a thousand. Okay, I don't know if we're gonna fail this. <laughs> uh, Chris Middleton. Yeah, good. He was number one. Okay, uh, that's one. And I'm gonna be honest, I don't even remember who else. Uh, let's see. Uh, um, before before you before you say anything, there is a bonus point to this one. So like that I. Uh, once you finish the first part, I'll I'll give you the bonus for uh, the bonus question for you to get a point. Oh, okay. There's a bonus. <laughs> so you have two chances to actually get a point. Hmm. Try, try to remember who else was in the books. So you said Chris Middleton thus far. Yeah. Was the uh, was Andrew Bogut a good shooter? I don't even remember. No. Oh man, I might have to almost forfeit this one. I don't, I don't know who else is in the books that shot over a thousand. I would say Kareem would be on this if uh, I don't think they had a three point line in the beginning of career, so I don't, I don't know if that would be true. I gotta look up. I gotta look on the list again, but I don't even know if he uh, shot three. He's like that too. Uh, who, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm totally blanking out on who was even on the Bucks, uh, from, you know, in general, to be honest. Uh, I, I know for sure that Giannis is not one. That's, that's, no. Uh, he is number nine on the list. Yeah. Yeah, I don't follow the Bucks, so <laughs> I don't know. Just, all right, just give me two names then. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna go like, uh, well, I can't say Giannis now. Oh uh, no, you can still say him. You can say him. Oh, I gave you the answer. Yeah, uh, that yeah, is not you, one of the answers specifically. Yeah, so yeah, so what's the point? Uh, that the uh, the. Pat McConaughey, I don't know. He said Pat McConaughey, Jesus Christ. Pat Connaughton. Connaughton. <laughs> I was, I was he thinking why. He is not correct, by the way. He's number 12. Oh, boy. Okay, that's not. And I'm just going to say Dante DiVincenzo. <laughs> he's actually lower on the list. He's number 19. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you are so you unfortunately will lose this point. You still have a chance to get the final point, but the other two answers, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna hate yourself for missing. Ray Allen was number oh two. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh. He, he actually just passed. He barely well, he barely passed the 1,000 mark as a buck. He was 1,000 1,051 threes. Jeez, really? Yeah. And I and I highly doubt, I would have gotten this one. I might like maybe by a hell mary chance. Michael Red is the other one. Uh, he literally just passed it. One thousand and three made threes. Wow, really? Michael Red. He, he was he was actually on the team with uh, Ray Allen. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm pretty disappointed that I didn't get Ray Allen to be honest, or even mentioned his name. Jeez, 
That's 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 upsetting. Yeah, you, you sh- yeah, you should be pretty disappointed. All yeah. right, so the bonus point, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you this one. Who was number four on that list? Oh God. Be- because there's a huge gap between number three and number four. Oh gosh, number three and four. So Do number three is Mike. Hit? Number no, I'm not oh. giving you a hit. This okay. one's on you. <laughs> This is gonna take me a while to think. Mm. Wasn't Tobias on that team? Is that your guess? Uh, yeah, let's go with Tobias. Uh, to be honest, I don't know. That is unfortunately incredibly incorrect. He was not on this team ever. <laughs> no, was he uh, not? He was not on this team. Well, at least definitely not on this list. You know, I don't ever think he was on this team. No. Uh, unfortunately, this is why I didn't want to give you a clue. Because I already gave you a clue earlier in the episode. It was Brandon Jennings. <laughs> <laughs> With 554 made threes. Uh, there, as I mentioned, there was a huge gap between number three and number four. I see. Jeez. I should have just said that again. His name. Okay, yeah. I, I definitely deserve this loss. So, yep. So, unfortunately, you score two points out of uh, seven, even though I gave you two extra points. That is unfortunate. And, unfortunately, you do lose this one. And, uh, unfortunately, you were right. Uh, you do not know much about the Bucks. To be fair, I don't think I would have gotten many of these right either. I, I don't think I would have gotten the Bobby Portis one, actually. Oh, uh, I I remember seeing, uh, or I remember watching the uh, whatchamacallit finals, and uh, yeah, seeing Bobby Porter's do pretty well. Uh, I just remembered, yeah, also Drew was god awful, and uh, yeah, they they gave a pretty big uh, ovation for Bobby Porter's uh, during the speech. I remember. I mean, I I understand why, because he's definitely one of those guys. If he's on your team, you'll love him. He's a mm-hmm. he's an instigator. He plays with you know energy. He hustles. And, you know, like those guys, like if he's on your team, you love him. But if he's on the other team, you hate him. This is one of those things. And, you know, all the credit in the world to Drew. Like, honestly, had the Bucks lost this series, like they would have blamed Drew for a lot of it. (laughs) But like that man played like I always say that, you know, offense is the only thing that matters. You can have a mad defense. But the Bucks won this title because of defense. And a lot of it is because of Drew as well. That that game's that game. Uh. That game-winning steal in Game 5 was amazing. Just looking at the face of Devin Booker as the steal was happening, where he just literally just put his claws on the ball and just yanked it out of Devin Booker's hands, just big-boying him. That was embarrassing. (laughs) Yep. Oh, man. That ba- that play arguably won them the series. Like you you like you can say like the block in Game Four by Giannis, and of course the fifty piece by Giannis in Game Six. I don't know if that happens if that steal doesn't happen. So, yeah, got all the credit in the world to Drew. Um, how to you shot like shit in the, in the finals, but that's okay. Oh yeah, I mean they won that title, so. Okay. Well, that's actually going to be the end of this episode. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed uh, this episode and I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, portion of the show, the game, the game quiz part. It's definitely one of my favorite parts to um, actually create the questions and actually do the quiz as well. Oh, yeah. And it's not my favorite, to be honest. (laughs) Maybe one of these days you'll create one for me and try and test my uh, knowledge of random insert random ass team. I'll probably do, try doing the Warriors. I got a dick of questions, though, but, oh, uh, yeah, we'll see. Maybe the next time we play the Warriors, you can try and quiz me. Okay. Well, yeah, I'll dick of some questions, but I don't know. We'll see what kind of questions I could think of, first of all. Okay. Well, that's it for this uh, portion or not this entire episode, not just this portion. But this is the end of the episode. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed um listening to us and of course Fong taking a quiz um and yeah we'll be back to with you guys i think probably i think the boston is a back-to-back do you have the schedule up oh no i do not uh, but, i can i can pull it up right now okay L- luckily i did not close espn but uh before we go yeah 
go Niners. <laughs> that, that game, uh-huh. I'm rubbing my hands like burn, man. <laughs> Are you rubbing your hands harder now that the uh, now that Tom Breezy has lost and the Rams are going to be advancing to face the Niners on Saturday? Uh, I don't know the day either, but I to be honest, I don't mind playing either team. Uh, but Rams, we are somehow still undefeated against them. So we're 6-0, I believe. And uh, for the Packers, too, we're currently 4-0 uh, against uh, Aaron Rodgers Packers in the playoffs. So, ooh, it'd be, <laughs> it'd be pretty nice if we could uh, advance through. But uh, L.A. Rams, yeah, they're, they're pretty good defensively. So we'll see what we could do in that department. But uh, our defense, I'm hoping... Yeah, we'll we'll uh, just mutter Stafford somehow. I read some tweets uh, on Twitter that the SoFi Stadium is going to be basically all Niner fans. Mm, I mean, that's that's the case. Uh, what you would call it when they came here? To be honest, yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of Niners fans. There's a lot around uh, the nation, surprisingly. So. Yeah, let's hope uh, we showed them some uh, good support because uh, this I did not expect the Niners to get this far. To be honest, I I went to the what you call it the Arizona the first Arizona game uh, in Levi's. Um, yeah, it was looking very bleak from that game on. To be honest, so hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get to the Super Bowl again because this will be my third time witnessing uh, hopefully something good from the Super Bowl for the Niners so yeah congratulations to you for the 49ers winning I don't know why I'm doing that but congratulations to you and <laughs> hopefully you guys continue your run um, because I'm still trying to learn about football and you know it is a 49er town here in Sacramento so you know something for the something for you know Sacramento fans to be happy about the Kings are unfortunately not one of them right now so you know it's you know the 49ers right now are an escape and James Hams has even mentioned it like they take the pressure off the Kings because they're winning and you know the focus is not so much on the Kings right now yep <laughs> that's why yeah if I don't talk much about the Kings, it's pretty much what <laughs> I mean. It's pretty much the same, to be honest. That's been going on with the Kings so far, so nothing has changed uh, until trades do happen. So, yeah, more Niners uh, watching for me, I guess. And with that, we are going to close this episode. Um, yeah, we'll be coming back to you guys after the. Um, actually the Atlanta game, because as I just checked, we are playing Boston on Tuesday and then we're in Atlanta for Wednesday. Uh, I see. Okay then. So I guess we'll see you guys later. Uh, One more thing. Uh, I'm also seeing a pretty big gap. Uh, there's a three day gap between the Atlanta game and the Philly game. Maybe, maybe I'll come up with a Philly quiz. You never know. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to fail that one too. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, We'll see you guys uh, Wednesday night. Yeah. We'll see you guys later.